You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. wait to try a cup of coffee i've been missing your cups of coffee sir Mm, we have a very special blend today all the way from costa rica yeah oh boy here we go the you know i realized today we're reviewing two artists that kind of hard to pronounce names and now i'm gonna try to pronounce this aquarius comunidad cafe Cafeteria <laughs> de 1890. I don't know. Costa Rican specialty coffee. <laughs> Cafe Arabica. <laughs> Can you roll yours? Uh, no. Oh, there you go. Yay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Cheers. Cheers. Don't ask me to do that again. Yeah. Shout out to a fellow uh, friend of the show, Mr. Chad. Oh. For bringing this all the way from Costa Rica. Thanks, Chad. He got to swim in that coffee bed. So I was very jealous. It was like he went to a farm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he got the swimming coffee beans, which I assume, you know, they just give to you because, you know, you, you, you soil it, I guess. I don't know. But I, I, don't, I don't know. So if we're, if we're drinking the beans that Chad swam in. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They, mm. then, then they're mighty fine. Mighty fine uh, <laughs> Chad beans. Thank you, sir. Chad, Chad beans. <laughs> I like it because it's got like that aftertaste of like cinnamon on it. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. I really like this quite a bit. Very flavorful. Mm-hmm. And I think, what is this that I'm also tasting here too? It's like a little chocolate in there. Yeah, I was going to say, why am I even trying to read this? <laughs> it's, it's, it's in a language I can't understand. Uh, mm, but yes, this is quite good. Beautiful. Mm. Uh, well, hello, Adam. Hello, John. Here we are on another episode of G4D, a.k.a. Ground for Discussion. And we are back with two album reviews. Once again, latest album from Bon Iver, or is it Bon, bon Iver? I don't know. Bon, bon Iver. <laughs> with the album I, comma, I. I, ooh. And then we have some jazz. Jazz, 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 jazz. jazz, jazz. With the latest album from... Narisha. Narisha. And the album Bloom. Mm. With an E at the end. Oh, Bloom. In pro tip, when you're making coffee, however many grounds you used, double it with water when you pour it on it and let it sit for 30 seconds. And that is blooming. Oh, ah, look. Releases all the gases and gets it ready for a beautiful extraction. You know what? I remember you taught me that trick, and I've been doing that with the French press that you bought me Ooh. not that long ago. I've been really trying to hone my craft, so Ooh. to speak. Well, you ought to, uh, I'll to assess your skills next time. Uh, I will put my skills to test very shortly. In fact, I'm going to be making some coffee for my coworkers very soon. Ooh. I figure, okay, I need to test it on them. Yep. Before I go to Adam, because wow. I can't let him down. Just impress your uh, podcast co-host before your co-workers. I love it. Well, okay. Here's the deal. 
the workers are the guinea pigs before you take it to me. Yes, because your opinion matters most. Mm. Also, if I know you don't like it, you're not really good at having a poker face. This is true. Yes, this is great. (laughs) I feel like that chef in like Ratatouille at the end. He's like, he drinks the coffee and reminds him of childhood. Yes. I hope we recreate that moment. Uh, Yes, yes. Nostalgia coffee. (laughs) Right there. Can can you imagine just just drinking some coffee that reminds you of the good old days? Mm. Mm. I could go for that. Yeah. Like who couldn't? Who who could? I'm surprised there has not been like a nostalgia coffee thing. And just like, what would you like? Like sent like a Central Perk blend, right? <laughs> I think there is actually. Is there? Because there's a 25th anniversary right now of Friends. Oh. Which also there's a 30th anniversary of Seinfeld. Yeah. So. Aren't they making the Lego set of the Friends? Yes, they are, and they potentially could be making one for Seinfeld soon I too. Don't... I like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I'm not usually a Lego guy, but I, I would think about. They're fun. That. I got the um the yellow submarine when that oh, yeah, came right, out. That was very fun to build. I I hope it wasn't like 150 dollars like some Lego sets can be. Uh, it was like, around 60, but you know it was worth it. Yeah, some of them can be very very expensive. Mm-hmm. I you know just remember walking through the store one time at Disney Springs and I was just like, I. I <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, look, this, this set is 500 pieces and it's $69. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at this set. It costs more than my house. <laughs> like, I You could live in the Lego house at that rate. I, like, I, I know I like some expensive hobbies, but how? How? How, how did these Lego collectors do it? I don't know how. Mm. Maybe, I can tell you. Maybe they, they don't collect vinyls on top. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, speaking of expensive hobbies here, I've had some interesting luck with vinyls in the last couple weeks. And that, folks, is what we call in the biz a segue. And as John would usually say, thank you, Paul Blart. (laughs) (laughs) So, vinyl me, please. Usually, I get all my records. Everything's fine and dandy. I was supposed to get the Sleater Kinney album and the Isley Brothers album. Oh, nice. Um a empty box arrived. So very sad. I was disappointed, but I emailed someone over at violently, please. And they took care of it and hopefully be getting those records shortly. And another segue we can go into, um, I guess violently, please signs their signatures and their emails with an album they're listening to. And Tyler was listening to purple mountains by purple mountains. So him and I bonded over, uh, the recent death of David Berman. So rest in peace, David Berman. Go check out that album if you haven't yet. It is amazing. That's what I like about Vinyl Me Please. Their support team is very, very good at getting back to you, not only quickly, but making sure that they help you with all your needs that you have. So I hope they gave you expedited shipping on that, though. I am awaiting its arrival. Perfect. Yeah. So Good, good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... I haven't rejoined in quite some time, but I have a feeling I'm going to end up rejoining very, very soon because I'm sure there's going to be some kind of record that I want. Plus, there are previous ones that I really wanted to get to. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, how it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did get 
recently, and I haven't talked about it yet on this show, I got the reissue of Brian Eno's uh, soundtrack to For All Mankind. It's a Apollo and Atmospheres, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Like, they did a great job with the reissue of, you know, just one of those all-time amb- classic ambient albums. But there was another LP of unreleased material, and it's really great, too. Ooh. Yeah, highly recommend it. I've kind of been, like, on the space kick in, in lieu of the anniversary recently for Apollo 11. and It is the final frontier, <laughs> as they say. And there was something that I wanted to point out, and then... And Again, I'm, I'm getting there here. They had at one point in one of the documentaries I was watching, it was called Apollo 11. In it, they like basically show all the footage like leading up to, to launch and you know all the people at Mission Control and Houston and everything like that. And they had this coffee sign there and it was just pretty much just like, you know, coffee to go, coffee, you know, in the cafe, all this stuff all listed out. And it was all like the same price there. And I just kind of thought, all right, if you are one of those people that works at NASA and you have people literally not on our planet and on the moon, how much coffee do you end up drinking either one out of necessity (laughs) or because you have just not been sleeping? I just can't imagine the level of coffee intake. And I think that just goes to show. Do they? The, what do they? They take the like. It must be like a like a toothpaste tube of coffee on the yes. moon, right? Yeah, and they just right? like squirt each other's mouths or something mm-hmm. like that. I I just think it just goes to show just how important coffee was mm. to us landing on the moon. Hey, thanks, coffee. Yes. Well, cheers to you. Cheers. Thank to you. you, coffee. And that's what I was trying to get to. That was beautiful. Thank you. You Thank know what you. Else also else is important. Listening to our podcast because we're on g4dpodcast.com, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, you know, wherever fine podcasts are found. I, I didn't know you got your degree recently. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, you you, you must have graduated a master's in uh, segues there. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, what's but, his um, face? Kevin James is going to personally <laughs> give me uh, my new segue. But not after he first falling him. several times off the Ooh, stage. Comically. Yeah. Oh, 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 I fell again. And then Rob Schneider cheers him on to do it again. <laughs> you can do it! Adam Sandler's in Mecca. Oh, good job, Kevin. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin, you got to film your next cru- next movie on a cruise ship. Get the free cruise. <laughs> Don't do it at school. No one wants to go to school. Go on the cruise. The podcast that I uh, listen to regularly, uh, Double Toasted, had pointed out at one point that, like, literally, Adam Sandler doesn't shoot movies to, like, shoot movies for the art. He does it so he can go on vacation. Oh, totally. He gets paid to film his vacation. Yeah, he was like, well, he was in Punch Drunk Love. And he's like, hmm, I could be filming in a storage unit or... The Bahamas. Hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I also love, too, he's one of those, like, actors that always just has the, just always has these, like, ridiculously beautiful wives, yet he's always just this, like, schlubby man-child character. Sounds like every cartoon. <laughs> Flintstones. I know, right? Simpsons, Family Guy. Family Guy. <laughs> 
it's so true. It's so, so true. Uh, I, I <laughs> there was something else too. I, I, I wanted to tell you about that. I thought was pretty funny, but now, now I'm blanking on it, which just means sh- I just need to drink more coffee. Here. Yes. It'll come to me though. Oh, well, it will. Well, I guess we should jump into the, the music here because yes. we are coffee and music with our first album from Bonavere. Oy, oy. Ah, that was good that was good only like five people who listen to this would understand that reference yeah that's fine but they got it all right do um do you want to talk about who bon iver is for those folks out there who don't know i got some notes right here if you'd like to well he is oh my gosh indie folk star legend i guess at this point yeah pretty much yeah i think he's kind of reached over into that yeah um very folky kind of style a lot of guitars a lot of just beautiful indie music i don't well, i really don't know the history of the guy well he it's really it's singer songwriter justin vernon justin vernon that's right you know really kind of broke out in the late 2000s like you said indie folk debut album for emma forever ago is that the one that won the grammy I think it was the one after that. Self-titled. Uh, bon Iver. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one from 2011. Um, yeah, and then eventually his music kind of really started incorporating more electronic al- elements and R&B. And he even collaborated at points with Kanye West, too, yeah, as well. Yeah, did you read the Pitchfork article? So I didn't read the whole thing. Okay. But he's doing my a, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who haven't read the Pitchfork article, it's very good. It's like a like a weekend with Justin Vernon. But uh, highlights include him lighting up a blunt and driving his Tesla. What was it? Joshua or Tesla Joshua or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was very funny. But yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize how much of like a impact this guy makes on his community and stuff. He's building like art centers and like this community where artists can come and record and do all bunch of cool things. But he does talk about working with Kanye West and they don't really talk as much anymore, but he does appreciate his energy. <laughs> Which is, That's a very I feel like just, I feel answer. like reading it like Justin Vernon has almost become a parody of himself. Yes. yes. And I think he knows that and he's just kind of playing it to it and he's just enjoying the ride. He's essentially become that guy in high school who it's it's a senior year. He's kind of coasting now at this point. Yeah. He wears flip-flops to class even though he shouldn't be. <laughs> I think that, that yes, in oh, his attitude and demeanor. Yeah, exactly. He's just kind of doing his own thing. You know, especially on his last album, 20 to a Million, he really stepped into this electronic element, especially with all the the titles of his songs, you know, it's a lot of like weird symbols. And what did you think of that album? I thought it was okay. It, it, yeah. It, it's definitely, I mean, we can kind of talk about the new album too. Cause I think these albums kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. I feel like it's a continuation of it. I feel like Justin Vernon had a weekend where he was just really into kid a and he's <laughs> like, how can I do this? But what with my music that I do? Oh, oh, wait a second. I haven't smoked another blunt in the <laughs> <Yeah>. past two minutes. <laughs> I just feel like with the style of music he plays, a lot of this new album is a little unfocused. Not that, <sighs> that it's bad that's unfocused, but like 
the bleeps and bloops just don't mesh all together and there's a lot of like elements where like towards the beginning of the album at least like the song doesn't go into anything it like are you talking about the previous album or the new one the new one okay it like like the song will start and it does an idea but it switches so fast you can't really get into that idea if that makes sense it just flip-flops so much i'm shaking my head not because i disagree with you but because man sometimes (laughs) you and i are just on the exact same wavelength I'm not going to say whether I like or dislike the album at this point, but yeah, I really thought that as I was listening to this, it's like, oh, I'm really enjoying this moment. Oh, wait, now he's singing off key on purpose, which didn't that throw you off at one point on that song? I'm trying to remember which track it was offhand. I think it was Marion, I believe. Towards the end of the album. Yeah, Yeah. it was was towards the end of it where he's just singing. And then all of a sudden he's like, all right, now I'm going to just sing this one little part right off key. And just a little a little blip, but it was just kind of like, it, oh, all right. I feel like all the choices he's making is not very conscious, conscious to the music he's trying to do. It's just very like, hey, I'm going to just toss this in there, see how it sounds. I'm like, okay, this works. It's very in the moment. It's very much like, let's get together and we'll make some music as we go along. And after reading that Pitchfork article, which I'm glad you brought up, he mentions at one point listening to The Grateful Dead. Yes. And it's like, this sounds like an album that a jam band would come up if they didn't have a whole band and you drove a Tesla and you lived in this small Wisconsin town yeah. where all these hipsters are either moving in because of you and the old guard thinks you're overrated and you probably wrote these while you were sitting next to a fireside. Like, yeah, there's like, a lot of... It's not very coherent towards the beginning. It kind of morphs into this electronic, kind of folky thing towards the end, but the beginning is just very unfocused. Yes. To the point where it's just like, okay. Yeah, like the opening track is him playing something, but... <laughs> It's noise. Yeah. And the recording itself is from a phone. Yeah. And it's just very disjointed. Yes. Which brings me to possibly a new segment here on G4D Grounds for Discussion, (laughs) which I like to call Carrie's Liner Notes. Oh. So Carrie and I I love a new segment. We've got to keep things fresh for the fans out there. So Carrie and I listened to this album together, um, and I just took down a couple notes of what Carrie thought. And now she wants to buy a Tesla. Now she wants to buy a Tesla. So the second track of the album, uh, Carrie said, is it broken? (laughs) 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 It may have been. (laughs) And then we get into the the third song called We. And her comment was, play Skinny Love. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love her so much. Uh, we get into track three, the uh, next track, which is called Hollyfields. And she said, it sounds like Mr. Roboto. Yeah. 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 I, I, I didn't really think about that, but jogging yeah. through my memory there. Yeah. And then we get to Hey Ma. Which actually I like this song. Hey Ma. Yeah. Yeah. There was this like this one little beep that was very annoying though. Yes. Yes. Which she commented and said, let's write a song and put the AOL startup song on it. 
that's good. Uh, that's and good. one and one more for Carrie's liner notes. Uh, towards the end, the last track, uh, she said, "Be like Little Nas X and remake nine versions of Skinny Love." <laughs> and that was Carrie's liner notes. Overall, she enjoyed the album very much, and she would recommend. So. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie, for wonderful liner notes. I love you very much. You're the best. Mwah. Yeah, I, I'm going to go back to a point you made previously about him kind of becoming a self-parody of himself. I know we mentioned this about one of the artists we reviewed last time, which was who I'm trying to remember now. <laughs> I just blanked. Oh, man. Who did we do last week? We did. Hmm. If only I had Banks and... Oh my Tycho. god, Tycho! Yeah, Tycho. We yes, kind of said Tycho. like they're kind of going off into like self, that self-parody. I definitely felt it on this too, where it kind of just felt like, all right. To my point about it being like around a fireplace, and that guy just wearing sandals all the time, and just kind of like it's senior year, whatever, man. We should all be getting along with each other, you <laughs> know, like peace, love, all that stuff. This is that guy if nobody told him, like, you need to reel it in because there are just points where, like, any good moment I have, I can't latch on to long enough because then he's just doing something where he's just completely changing up his voice. Like, he's known for doing a falsetto. I get that. But there are some times where, like, it just sounds like you're purposely singing it bad. It's like these weird moments where you want to add experiments and different things to your songs, but he does it too much and too fast that like it kind of takes away from the experience. It's just such an odd album. It is a very odd album because it kind of similar to the Stephen Malkmus album that he made. Where he's like, I'm gonna make an electronic album, but like the first four songs were electronic, and then he just kind of gave up halfway through. I feel like that kind of happened here, where he's like, I'm gonna make these weird, trippy electronic songs, and then he kind of not gave up, but like realized, hmm, okay, maybe we should bring it back here. And, he, and the songs get a little more co- cohesive towards the end, where it really blends in his kind of unique style with electronic elements, which is where I think the album shines more than the beginning. I, I would agree with that, too. I feel like there's a certain sense of, like, calmness throughout this. Yeah. Like, it's like he's kind of at this place in his career and his personal life where he kind of is very settled. Like, he's got this recording studio in his hometown. He's trying to make his hometown its own thing. Got these festivals and all that kind of stuff going on there. Yeah. Thanks to him. And I think that's kind of cool that you want to make your town its own thing and that you find some kind of solace or inner peace there. I think he's interesting in the sense that, like, he's not doing something that a lot of other people do. You always have my attention when you do something genuinely unique like that. And if you can make a place that's not really known outside of the people who live there like i've never heard of was it uh, uh Claire's? Uh, i'm something I'm, like some, that something like that i'm sorry if i'm butchering it but yeah like just some small random place in wisconsin and really giving it more recognition because of your presence there i think that's really cool of him to do that i'm kind of ready for him to take what 
he applies to his albums from a production aspect and use that for other artists more than just himself. Yeah, I'm very curious. I don't know how he would be as a producer. I'm very curious to hear. I think you. Act- I, I I think I would enjoy it. I think this album you could tell is really mainly his vision. Yeah. Through and through, it it feels like it's really guided through one narrative. That it's not really a, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's it's not really a what collaborative effort it's really a solo effort yeah this is all him yeah yeah this is this is even with all the collaborators on this album yes it it is totally kind of his vision and you know here's what i want you guys to do and and while you know i always say it i appreciate an album that can keep me on my toes that can keep things unexpected i definitely wanted this to grab me more yeah and it never really felt like it did I didn't dislike it while I was listening to it. And, and I will absolutely admit that Bon Iver is typically an artist for me that I need to be in the right mood to listen to. And I think that there's some tranquility to this album where it's just kind of like you can be that guy that's sitting there at the fireplace listening to this guy play. I think he's trying to separate himself from that image, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first two albums were kind of like that. And I think he realized, man, if I want to, I don't want to be locked into this sound. So I'm going to go really experimental, which is how you got 22 a million, you know? Yeah. And then now it's kind of like, all right, I messed with the electronic bits a little bit. How can I incorporate the best of both worlds? Yeah, this is definitely an expansion on the previous album. I think I enjoyed this one more than the previous album. Mm -hmm. I I just don't know if... I... I'm really struggling to find what I think about this because all the... It's definitely lacking something. Yes. And I think the lack of vision, maybe, even the cohesiveness of it towards the beginning yeah. is just like... It doesn't hook you in the beginning. It, it hooks you in a different way. It, it makes you say, oh, okay, where is this going? Not, ooh, where is this going? You know? Yeah. It gets you, where is this... Like, okay what's going to happen in this album now that these weird things just happened. There's no real song that jumps out to me. There's no song where I can sit here right now and say what the lyrics are. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Even, I mean, the only one really I can kind of remember is, um, uh, what's the one with, I think it's towards the end it's called Shida. Yeah. It's the one with the beautiful saxophone solo in it. You know what? Oh, yeah. that instrumental was fantastic. That Probably was one of fantastic. my favorite on the album. And you want to know why? Because he allowed that instrument to be played for more than 20 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good part anyway. And I think it complimented oh, this. You know, I think saxophone is a very underrated instrument in some of Agreed. these. Like, like you know, Nine Inch Nails uses saxophones and different things like that. Yeah. David Bowie, you know. I agree. There, there are definitely moments like that that I enjoyed quite a bit. It's not like the album didn't capture my attention. I just kind of felt like this doesn't have enough substance for me to grab onto it. And I know that there's probably someone out there who's a Bonavere fan who would completely disagree with me on that. Mm-hmm. But I think the style of this album is essentially going with the flow. The style of this album is 
he's got kind of like this chameleon aspect to it where it's like, I constantly have to be changing this. I don't want to get too comfortable. I don't want to stay in this one section too long. I want to build upon it or just change it up altogether. Yeah. And you, you can do that, but you have to have some kind of flow to it. You know, you can't just go like you need some kind of like overarching thing in the background to keep it momentum moving yeah and 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 going back to the singing like i was saying earlier like the fact that his like vocal stuff is all over the place it makes for it kind of just like yeah the vocals were very consistent listing yeah it was hard to get it like you were saying there's no one song i could probably hum Except, you know, like I can hum like little segments here and there, but it's not like, you know, kind of what we're used to from him. Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just, no. it's a very different album. No. And, I, and I'll go into my final thoughts here. Um, at one point on SNL, they had a bit where Justin Timberlake impersonated Bonavere, And it was like the, the, the concept of the skit was that Jay-Z was throwing a party and he was inviting all these guests and it was just like a revolving door of all these guests that would come in, come through, played by the different cast members. And Justin Timberlake was Bon Iver, and he came in with a acoustic guitar and started singing. And the whole bit was, is like, oh no, he, he, he put himself to sleep. <laughs> like he just kind of fell asleep while he was playing his guitar. It's, it's, it's a funny bit. And it definitely makes sense. Are you sure he wasn't playing songs off of Man of the Woods? <laughs> Man of the Woods is a lot of things, Ugh. but that album did not put me to sleep. <laughs> you weren't listening to it hard enough then. <laughs> How could you fall asleep when you're mainly reacting with, what? Huh? Ew. <laughs> Make it stop. Make it stop. <laughs> Jessica Biel, why are you talking about wearing your husband's skin? <laughs> oh my god, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> that was honestly, that's one of my favorite reviews we've ever done. Yeah, that one was good. That one was so good. I mean, the, it, having an album like that is so much fun to talk about because it just was so all over the place. Ugh. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and just like that album, this one definitely is all over the place. And I know maybe it sounds like I'm going against what I typically enjoy in an album. But I think even experimental albums have some kind of focus. Even experimental albums find ways to really captivate you. Even experimental albums that just are constantly changing up find ways to build upon other elements that have happened before and i think that this is just like i like the snl sketch the sketch uh is a very sleepy album in the sense that like there's just this overarching just very calm aspect to it that just is like this indie experimental lullaby that just kind of just meanders and it's reflective and it never really gets political or too heavy. You know, I think on the final track, Rabbi, which is spelled incorrectly, right? Isn't it's rap capital R A B lowercase I. Yeah, but he says rabbi in the song, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. You know, it 
kind of goes that where it talks about someone being woke, but he still comes back to, but it's okay, man. You know, we all, we all, we all just got to be together. We all just got to work it out. And it's like, okay, I, there's a time and a place for that. But this, I feel like if I were just even listening to this guy directly, it would make me sleepy. So that's why the SNL sketch is just so relatable to this. I need some more excitement in this. And I was really hoping at some point I this album would just really click for me. But it never did. Um, that said, I still got to be able to review this album based on the craftsmanship behind it. Based on the unique aspects of it based on the fact that I think it is very well produced and that there are definitely some very interesting things on there. Always going to get props from me if you can really do things that are interesting and unexpected. That's why I got to be fair. For all the stuff that I'm saying, I still think that this gets a buy it. Buy this digitally. Yeah. I, I think you're fine. I don't think I need to own this on vinyl because I don't... Personally, I don't think I would... Find myself coming back to this again and again. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's good to experiment, especially for, you know, Bonnie Vernon, Justin Vernon, trying to reach new heights, try new things and things like that. I really like that about, I, I appreciate the ambition, but I just don't think the experimental parts work. I'm going to go back to Kid A, you know, and even like Aphex Twin, you know, when you do a beat, you add to it. Like Aphex Twin is very smart about keeping a constant beat or something in the background and adding the things in it, you know? And Kid A does that a lot too. And even the new band, Black Midi, does that in their album. Mm -hmm. They are able to keep something constant in each of the songs and add to it to experiment. And while it does jump all over the place, there's always that one bit that stays steady so you don't lose focus. And I think... At least the first half of this album was just all over the place with its ambition and trying to make something experimental just to be experimental. And I think when Justin Vernon is not focusing on that and he kind of writes more cohesive songs that, you know, do have electronic moments but show his abilities as guitar player and singer, then I think it really shines towards the end. So overall, I'm going to give it a download at two. Not saying I'm going to come back to it, not saying I need it on vinyl or anything like that, but. It is a good listen, but also to I realize it's false. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's at least worth checking out if you like his other stuff. Yeah, totally. If you're if, a fan, you'll definitely enjoy parts of it. Yeah, I feel like we're the only hipsters that don't like this album. By the way, yeah, we're probably. going against the grain on this one. Yeah, but you know, and not even that we dislike it. No, it's, it's just, just like it's. I I feel like you're, you 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 have to love this guy if not. You're just a bad hipster. It'll be interesting to see what he comes out with next. Okay. I feel yeah. like now that he's done two albums of this kind of electronic, folky kind of stuff, it'll be interesting to see where he co- goes into I kind of hope he goes the jazz direction. I'm right there with you. Proved a good point. About yeah, more saxophone. horns. I loved yeah. all the horns. The production values were great. Uh, more horns. Well, before we actually get into more jazz, I just wanted <laughs> to say, I think this album will probably do a good job of curing my insomnia tonight. So I might need to listen to this before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next album, mixing it up a little bit here, but I think that this one is worth talking about. 
because I think here at G4D, we like to try and also not just talk about the big albums that come out, at least big in the indie sense, but we also got to talk about some albums that maybe are going to slip under people's radar, but that we think are worth talking about. And this right here is another jazz album, which I don't think we've talked about a jazz album in quite some time. It's definitely been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since we've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was last episode, but you know. Oh, uh, was it? Eh, yeah, probably. Here, yeah, yeah, probably. One before, who knows? Probably, yeah, who knows. So with this album from, and I, I had to pause for a second, Naresia with the album Bloom. This is actually a really, really cool project. First album from the group, it is a female-centric jazz collective based out of London. They draw their sounds from aggressive, swinging, hard bop, 1960s. Also, you know, a bit of funk, soul, hip-hop. Just kind of like a good appreciation for the roots of jazz. They were formed in 2016. And like I said, they're mainly a female collective. And one key member out of this group that I wanted to point out is uh, Nubia Garcia. Okay. Who I'm a very, very big fan of. She had an album that came out a couple of years ago in 2017 called Nubia's Five. But the five is spelled like the F is with the five. It's like the number five. Gotcha. Great crossover jazz album. Really enjoyed that quite a bit recommend checking what is that she out. is she saying does she play uh a... she is a saxophonist okay cool yes excellent excellent artist like really great modern jazz artist and you know some other people that are in there they have trombonist rosie uh Tritton. they have a trumpeter sheila maurice gray guitarist shirley uh tita bassist igna elcher and then drummer lizzie exel and then, like I said, I think they have a couple of guys that come on for some of them, but like that's the core group. Cool. So, um, yeah, pretty much, you know, new jazz artists really have only been around since 2016 when they came with a couple of EPs since then. So this is their first full-length feature debut. And I actually found out about this through Bleep, the uh, store um, through Warp, and they really highly talked about it. And when they brought it on my radar, it's like, I'm always down for some more jazz. And I knew you were too. Yeah. So I'm pretty much going to flat out say it. I'm a fan of this album. Yes. I'm really, really hoping here. Adam, are you a fan of this album too? I sure am. Oh, yes. I've, you know, I haven't really listened to a like a solid jazz album, like a new jazz album in a while. Maybe I just haven't sought it out, but I'm glad you told me about this one because I really, really liked it a lot. Likewise. Oh my God. Like, I think the really cool thing about this group in general is it felt more like, like the drums, first of all, the, whoever the drummer is blew me away. Oh my gosh. Like she was just like incredible. Like just the beats and like the cymbal smashes and the roles she was doing. Like it felt like a rock, like a rock drummer with a jazz ensemble. And I think that's what really appealed to me most about this album was kind of like the rock elements on the drums with, with some swing in the mix. Plus like the horns and stuff. Like it, it just worked. The arrangements were fantastic. Uh, agreed. And the drummer on that is uh, Lizzie Exel. 
I think that's how you say your name. And apologies for butchering any names out there. <laughs> that's never been my strong suit. Yeah, completely agree with you right there. I loved the drumming on this album, especially on those early tracks that almost had this kind of like danceable feel to yeah, them. Yeah, it's a very fun first half of the album. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think they do a really great job of being able to build up tracks. Like there's a lot of several um, several tracks on here that really have these strong endings to them. Yeah. And they just do a great job of just building and building up to that, to like this high crescendo. Yeah, whoever mixed this too was like fantastic. And they really understood, you know, how the horns sound, how the guitar sounds. I loved all the bluesy elements the guitar tone had. Mm-hmm. Oh. Completely agree. They, they, they do a really great job of making it seem like the jazz music is not over digitized. Yeah, no, nothing felt like digital or fake to me. Yeah. It it just made it seem like you'd almost be watching them in concert. Yeah, definitely. Um and I think the other thing too that I really really liked as well is that like the there's like this intense horn aspect yeah quite a bit of it so like it's really a strong focal point of the album yeah and they let all the instruments really shine in the mix and Mm -hmm. even in solos and stuff i know one of the songs had a trombone solo which being a trombone player back in the day i always appreciate yeah absolutely always appreciate that and then there's the title track bloom which is the only track i think on the album if i remember correctly that has any kind of vocals on it it was just like a nice little yeah it's just like yeah yeah just very very beautiful like kind of like halfway point on the album that does a good job of dividing the two halves of the album, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just very like operatic almost in a way, like just yeah. very beautiful and serene uh, vocal arrangement in there. That's how you do it, Tycho. <laughs> you don't Zing. need anything fancy. Make it fit in the context of the song. Yeah. The, the improv, the improv, the, in the improv section, sorry. Improvisational elements. There you go. There you go. In there are really, really great. And that's the thing that I really like about them. As I mentioned earlier, those middle sections of these songs, they do a really good job of just adding a little bit of pizzazz to these songs because like, you got a strong core um, in there. And then you just kind of, like I said, you build upon it. You throw in some different elements that you're just kind of just, you know, keeps keeps you moving keeps on adding excitement to these songs yeah the the album's almost an hour long and it never wears out its welcome it always feels like there's something new and fresh going on in the songs and in the mix so yeah yeah there's just a great energy throughout on this yeah and you know we talk about the occasional jazz record on here this is this is a jazz record to listen to this year like if we did a top 10 jazz records of this year i think this would be on it totally Absolutely agree. Yeah, All right. We could probably jump in final thoughts here. If yeah. you like jazz, if you like something fun and fast and awesome sounding horns and mix, I definitely check it out. I really don't have much more to say about it. So own it. I bet it sounds great on vinyl. And just to clarify earlier, I, 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 I mentioned like them collaborating with like with, with some males in the band. It's, it's Jake Long's group that has the guitarist Shirley uh, Tita in it. So that that's the connection. So I just wanted Got to clarify it. that. Not sure like, I know who Jake Long is, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure either, 
Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Well, he's a I great guitar player and has great tones. So. Yeah, exactly. That's that. That's the connection there. That's what I was basically trying to say. So, um, my apologies if I didn't describe it well enough initially. You're good, Holmes. Uh, anyway, so I think that pretty much this album is just if you're a jazz fan, uh, especially a modern jazz fan, this needs to be on your radar. Um, and I think you got to be able to just really appreciate the fact that these are people who just have such great knowledge of all the classic jazz that you would want them to, and they incorporate all those elements in there and really make something unique of, of, and their own too as well. Like to be able to add like some excitement to these style, these older styles of jazz is just really a testament to how talented these musicians are. And I hope they get more recognition, which is why I wanted to talk about them. And for me, this is absolutely an own it. Heck this yes. is absolutely an own it. I would love to have this on vinyl because I think this might be one that would sound good on vinyl. I'm not sure about the pressing, but a good pressing on a jazz record like this, I'd be all about. All, all about it. I'll cheers to that. Cheers. Look at this. We agree once again. Once so for those of again. you playing bingo at home, Adam and John agreeing on the reviews. You can mark that down. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm so happy to hear that you like that album. I'm so, so happy. Yeah, it was great. I, I, I've discovered that sometimes with these upbeat jazz records or if there's, you know, an upbeat track on a jazz record, I end up doing like these funky dance moves and I only really do them in my car. You're just... Uh, yeah, right? Like you just can't help it, right? Jazz, jazz. I just, there's just something that wakes up inside of me. <laughs> jazz man. <laughs> Let him free. <laughs> j- j- jazz John. Oh, oh. You know what doesn't make me jazz though? Running out of coffee. Oh. Sad. Mm. Although we are running out of coffee, we are not running out of albums to talk about. No, we are oh, not. Oh boy, we got the new King Gizzard album. That's right. <laughs> Infest the rat's nest. <laughs> Oh my God! I I heard. Did you listen to the single off of it? I think you showed it to me. Okay, yeah, it's very intense. And yes, yes. Uh, it blows the fishing for fishies out of the water. So I'm very excited to listen to the whole thing now. Sleater Kinney, I think that's going to be a really great yep, one to talk about. Yeah, I am about. very curious about that one. I'm I, hearing mixed things. And <clears> I know <throat> we talked about it too before. Really excited for that Whitney album. Yeah. Really, really excited for that. Uh, for for the lols, we could do Slipknot. Slipknot, just you want to do Slipknot? That would probably be, be the heaviest album other than a Death Grips album that we've ever done. Right? Really? Well, hmm. we did. Did we talk about Judas Priest? No. I think I talked about it maybe like quickly that I was good, but I'm trying to think. What's the heaviest album? Maybe Death Grips. Yeah. You, must, yeah. you might I mean, be we right. We did Black Midi. Yeah, uh, Black Midi's kind of heavy, I guess. Nine Inch Nails. Yep. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. The like preppy kid version of heavy <laughs> uh yeah yeah i'm trying yeah, to might think be right yeah th- th- that would be kind of interesting to do um hopefully my my <laughs> do we do we do chance the rapper oh i i this is what i meant to tell you about i'm glad you brought that up so you i remember you told me beforehand because we had discussed about potentially talking about it on this episode right but you told me like I've been hearing the lyrics are really bad. I didn't listen to the whole thing and I'm, I'm <laughs> shocked 
at how underwhelming those lyrics are. I again, I'm sure there's gonna be people who don't care, and you know that because it's Chance the Rapper, and and at this point, you know, if you're a fan of his, I feel like you're just gonna be excited to have him like have his true debut album because his other stuff has been mixtapes technically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some of those lyrics, I don't remember anything offhand, but I, I was looking at them afterwards and I was just like, these are really, really groan worthy. Like I, I feel like someone of his caliber should be writing better lyrics. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to the whole thing, so I can't give it a, like an overall rating, but you were right. It was just kind of like, mm. That's the direction you went in. Mm, yeah, it's almost like, all right, you know, I gotta, I gotta become a bigger rapper. I gotta get more radio play or it's my something first like album. That. Gotta go big. Yeah, gotta go big or go home. That's kind of what it felt like, mm. you know. Gotta be played at clubs more. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else on the radar that I definitely think we need to listen to. I feel like there's something obvious, mm. but I'm drawing a blank I on know. it. I know in. November, which is a while from now. Um, Omni is putting out a new album. Oh, really? They yep. are? Their, their first album on Sub Pop. Oh, that, that should be interesting. I'm very interested to see how it sounds because the singles, first single sounded pretty good. Yeah. I'm excited for more, but like, I feel like a, the big appeal of Omni to me was how like lo-fi it was. So like now they're, they're on a big label and they have a, you know, bigger sound. It sounds very different. So hopefully they keep some of the lo-fi. That's a band that I've always wanted to see played live. Oh my god, yeah. I, I hope they come to Florida. Yeah, I hope so too. Hey, hey, Omni, if you're listening, and I know you are, come oh, to Florida, please. Please, please do. Please, I um, beg you. Let's see here. I, ooh, I listened to the new Ty Seagal album the other day. Oh yeah, I meant to ask you about yeah, that. It was How pretty was good. That? It was yeah. good. It's very different. It's, it's weird, because he says there's no guitars on it, but if you put distortion on a, on a keyboard, it sounds like a guitar, so... It's very interesting. There's like, <laughs> there's like, there's like definitely bass on it. There's like ukulele. It, it's very uh-huh. interesting, but give it a listen. It's fun. Ah, geez, why? What? I'm blanking on something. Like, there's an album that's coming out in September, and uh, and and I and I can't remember what it is now. Ooh, is it the Shigeto collaboration thing? You know what? I I am looking forward to that because he's gonna kind of do like a whole band thing. That could be an interesting album t- to talk about. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot Rick Ross came out with a new album. <laughs> Ugh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass I'm gonna pass on that one. Uh, did you see that? Uh, oh, the OCs come out with an album. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's it's called right. Face Stabber. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. What what an intense name, right? Um, I think the other thing that I want to talk about. Oh, was, Taylor Swift. That's what it was. And, oh, and and Lana Del Rey. And Lana Del Rey, which I know you're so excited to talk about her. You know. I'm I'm gonna be optimistic, casually optimistic for it. You you know what? You gotta be at this point. You she, know did, what? she did a good cover of that Sublime song. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember we talked about that previously. Wow, I'm I can't believe I'm forgetting on which one it is. It's not Charlie XCX, is it? <laughs> no. Ugh, Puddle of Mud is coming out with a new album. Oh, that's who it is. Big Thief is coming out with another album. Oh. Is this their second album this year? Yep, they're coming out with another one this year. Wow, good for them. Oh, the uh, Pixies are coming out with a new album. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Ooh, M83? Uh-huh. Oof, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, new pornographers. Have you heard That's the new? Have you heard their new is. song? Yes. Very good. Yes, I really liked it quite a bit. Yep. I'm, I'm hoping it's like a good return to form for them. Their last album was great too. If you haven't listened to it. Uh, you know what? I never did actually. Yeah. I kind of like new pornographers are one of those kind of artists that like listen to like everything of theirs. But after Twin Cinema, I don't think I listened to any of their new stuff. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, what's his name really still playing with them? Dan Behar? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about that one. Okay. I would hope he is. Uh, but. Yeah. I, I, I remember, shout out to Dutch Dooley, a.k.a. Ryan, um, that <laughs> we, we used to listen to. Uh, Twin Cinema, the third album. Yep. We used to listen to that all the time when we worked at a music store. That was good times. Aw. Real good times. Good times. Uh, yeah, he. there was another artist, of many artists that he got me into. So shout out to you, buddy. Woo. Just made me think of that. I, I feel like there's something really obvious that I'm talking, that, that I'm missing here. Mm. But. Well, uh, there's a lot coming out and we will definitely get to it. Yeah, somehow, some way. We, we, we always cover it all yep. some way. I think before the summer is over, we need to get together and do a late night show. Yes, I know we keep talking about that. We it's, definitely need to do that. It's been long, long overdue, I know. And if we do it, I think got to do it over the summer. Kind of like an end of summer show. Yep. We can do it. We can do it. Man, it's going to bother me. This is, I, <laughs> I hate it when it's like I know it's an artist and I can't think of oh, who it is. Oh, I think I know. Is oh. it Tool? That's right. So here's the thing. I know I'm going to get some flack from this from some people who listen to the show. I'm not really a tool guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't dislike them. I don't not appreciate what they do. I get it, but eh, I can, I can take it or leave it. And I didn't realize like how many Tool fans there are out there until their albums were available mm. on streaming services, and they had this new album coming out really soon. Like people just have blown up talking about them. I didn't realize that there were that many fans of the band. There's a lot of people who like yeah. Tool. They've been around for a very long time too. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I you know again not knocking their talent, um, and you know we, we, audience member number six. Uh, of <laughs> I feel like Tool really brought the the prog metal movement forward. Yes, and and yeah. bands like Dream Theater and some of those other little proggy bands kind of came from their shadows when they you know stopped making music. Yeah, I, I audience member number six mentioned. I think the first album being a truly great album. I don't think I ever listened to that one, uh, so I don't know if. I, I couldn't tell I you the names the earlier of the ones. Yeah. Uh, if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you any of the names of the Tool albums. Yeah. Is there I, a Lazarus? No. That, yeah, you might be right. Or is that Sierra. Perfect Circle? I always get them Undertow was the first album, according to Spotify. Ah, okay. Which has Sober on it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm... I don't know. I I just never really connected with the band. Sorry. Sorry. Not, not that I don't think that they're great you know like from a technical standpoint and you know like obviously crazy talented but i don't know well we'll give it a listen we'll see what happens yeah i mean maybe it'll surprise me i'll go into it with with an open mind not again let me let me let me clarify don't hate them i just 
I don't know. It doesn't mm. really do too much for me. Yeah, I feel you. So that's that's just me. So you're saying you know the pieces don't fit. <laughs> uh, I don't get that reference. Oh, it's it's that one song that that goes ding 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 ding. Goes I know the pieces fit because I watch them and bound them bound them. It's like in seven eight or something like that. It's called Shizm. I think Shazam. 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 It starts off with the bass going. Can I I get an album of you reenacting just the bass parts? Wow. If you heard it, you know it. You know it. You know what? Honestly, I don't think I've heard that since college in new jersey yeah like that was played at some kind of i don't know we do we do we <laughs> some kind of like uh theater kids party <laughs> like oh, we just did a play and we all got together yo let's put on some tool man <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, let's do that rocking out to that <laughs> That's Thanks, when I rock tool. out to Led Zeppelin and Rockin', Coheed. You know, if you get a bunch of Tool fans in a room and you listen to Tool, it's called a Tool Shed. Wait, really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell Yo, let's go in the Tool Shed. <laughs> yeah. It's like a... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Let's go to the Tool Shed, man. Listen to Tool. Like, I, I guess for me, part of the reason why I never got into them was like, I was already such a big fan of like Mars Volta. I almost mm. kind of felt like... I don't know. Tool wasn't as weird enough for me. Like I just went through this phase where it's like, I just need something really genuinely weird. And I feel like their songs were like, you know, like you're saying like the pieces don't fit. Meanwhile, the Mars Volta have lyrics like, you know, Flagmatic in stature. <laughs> I don't know what he's saying. And then he speaks in Spanish in one of them. Yeah, like just I I went through this phase where it's like you just need to be insane and you know have have read through a thesaurus before writing your lyrics. Like oh by the time I heard like Tool's lyrics, it was just kind of like this is basic. <laughs> Just like a good bass lines. I'll give him that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I Don't. really wish he was. What's the bass player's name? Was it Justin Chancellor or something? I don't yeah. know. He, he Apparently, he collaborated with Death Grips on their latest album, but I wish there was more bass. Mm. In it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know we've been kind of going off on tangent. No, you're good. You and I catching up because. Yeah, we haven't like, talked about uh, Tool in a while. <laughs> you know why they're called Tool, right? Why? Because most of their fans are tools. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, no, sorry, tool community. I didn't mean that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping something will click in me on this new album. I'm, I'm hoping. I just I feel I like know. Slipknot and Tool. They both got new albums. They should like tour or something. Yeah. Right. Oh man. So you know how like there's like the big four. It's like Anthrax, Metallica, Slayer. Oh, who's the last one? Anthrax, Metallica, Slayer. Uh, Ooh, God, who's the last one? What was it? What was the one? Was it the one that Dimebag Daryl was in? No, no. It's like Anthrax, Metallica, Slayer. Oh, Megadeth. 
right? Oh, yeah. They need to make like, like, like the, I think the equivalent today would be like Tool, Corn, Slipknot, and then we need another band. Deftones. Yeah. Something like that. That's like yeah, the big right? four of '90s prog, <laughs> new metal. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, oh. Fred Durst is like, "Hey guys, can I join?" Huh. <laughs> this isn't he releasing like a jazz album or something? I hope so. God, I hope so. You know what? That's what we need to review. Oh, we Fred definitely Durst need to. Jazz album. <laughs> we need to review Fred Durst's jazz album. Oh, hey, Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Zach De La Roca? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. That really is getting into that. Well, yeah. Oh, I love Supreme. Oh, I love Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> soft peanuts. Soft peanuts. Oh, soft peanuts. Soft peanuts. Oh. <laughs> the girl from Impanima. <laughs> And every time she walks, people go, oh! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We just need an album. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world! Oh! Oh. Uh, I see friends shaking hands saying, how do you do? He was supposed to come out with an album like a long time ago, and it's like never come out. Yeah. Like, what album do you think... Who do you think is going to come on an album first? Zach De La Roca or Doom? Because I'm kind of convinced that Zach De La Roca is still going to come on an album before like, Doom. I feel like Zach De La Roca is closer to making it than Doom is. Yeah, because Doom put out that video recently, and it just said soon, and it's been like several weeks now. Didn't he post something about like merchandise on his website? Oh, yeah. He had a whole bunch of new merchandise. There you go. Yeah. So it probably could have just been that. It's like soon... Buy more stuff, but not an <laughs> album, no new music, but a bunch of merch. Cause that's what you guys wanted, right? You wanted merch, not new music. Yeah, right. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib dropped another track too, so Look I got to check go. that out. Yep. Which, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> like, like Freddie Gibbs at one point like just kind of called out um, MF Doom and said that he was the better rapper. I mean, some people thought he was like joking. Some people just thought, you know, it's just banter some people just thought it's just like kind of like you know just kind of like i don't know just old pros just kind of giving each other a hard time yeah but i find it so funny that like doom still hasn't come out with anything ever since that announcement meanwhile freddie gibbs comes out with another track with mad lib it's like and he probably made it on his ipad yeah right seriously good deal all All right right, sir sir. yeah jinx you owe me more coffee. Just kidding. I need to go to bed. Yeah, right. We, we, we both do. I think I think part of us chatting away here is just you and I just catching up. Catching up, talking about the wonderful music and Zach De La Roca's obvious ties to jazz music. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening again. We are on g4dpodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Music, where else? I think that's it. Yeah. Just just type us. You'll find us. Yeah. Yeah. The keep, letter keep G, us. the number four, and D. Yes. We actually pop up pretty uh, pretty soon on the search results on Spotify. Ooh. I don't know if I told you that before. Good deal. Yeah. It, it, it is a good deal. 
because simplicity and numbers exactly that's what i wanted exactly i i love seeing us pop up on spotify and i'm spotify the- myself but when somebody else looks it up when it looks good it looks real good oh man all right brah uh, <laughs> sorry no you're good man before john falls asleep this has yes. been another episode of g4d sorry i was just thinking about that new bonavere album <laughs> <laughs> yes g4d <laughs> aka grounds for discussion i'll do it like bonavere come on grounds for discussion mama <laughs> G4D! (laughs) Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4DPodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.